0: Good morning. I am so excited to be sharing with you about passion this morning. And we're going to kick off with some instructions from the Bible. Listen, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your strength. Who here is getting some Sunday school vibes And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going up to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The Lord is is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Uh, I'm sure that if you grew up going to church and going to Sunday school, you have heard this passage. You have probably sung this passage. They are probably singing this passage in kids' church right now, somewhere in Australia. And I think that this sort of sums up or sets us off on this journey of living a life of passion where our primary passion in life should be to love God as well as we possibly can. But sometimes that's a little bit tricky. We also know, you know, I think our greatest example of this is to live how Jesus lived. But I've got a little bit of a catchier title, I think, for what living a life of passion, what the challenge for that is these days. And that's put your passion where your mouth is. Put your passion where your mouth is. Uh, There's a great pastor and leadership communicator uh, called Kerry Newhoff. And uh, some of his work recently that I've been reading has heavily influenced this message and made me think about the topic of passion. And he says this, I've grown a little weary of people who call for balance in life and in mission. Most people who make a significant difference don't live balanced lives, they live passionate lives. So what is your great passion in life? I think for a lot of us, we would have answers like family, business, good career, winning best and fairest this season, uh, maybe hobbies, cars, woodworking, being an influencer, being an influencer is only a hobby, guys, uh, fitness, whatever it would be. Of course we are in church and I have a pastor. So I would argue that for followers of Jesus, our great passion in life should be Jesus. And I can hear people right now going, oh no, well, of course, blah, 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 But no, but, but really... I think that if someone asks you what is your great passion in life, if you are following Jesus, your answer should be Jesus, and he should flow down from the top of that list into the other good things that are important in life. And in fact, when we lose sight of that, I think that people who aren't on a journey of faith can be turned off to Jesus. Turned off to Jesus by the lack of passion shown by his followers. I think that people who aren't following Jesus, they're not attracted to perfect little nice neat lives, which I think that when we just want absolute balance, that's what we're trying to get. I think that people outside the church and outside of the journey of following Jesus are attracted to changed lives marked by passion that they're not finding in their own day-to-day lives. What if sometimes people are connecting with Christians and hearing us talk and hearing us sing about being changed by Jesus, but when they look around at how we live, our passion isn't always where our mouth is. Now, if you are tuning in this morning and you're still in the checking out faith portion of your journey, I'm so stoked that you're here and I want you to know that I believe following Jesus will change your life and give you a mission to bring your passion to because if Jesus is really our number one priority, if our lives have been marked by him and we're allowing him to continue changing us then I believe that our lives will be marked by passion. Not necessarily a big flashy passion, but passion nonetheless. You know, in my experience, some of the people who absolutely reek of passion in this church are the faithful, always on time, always ready to help, in the background, salt of the earth types. And their quiet passion is quietly passed on and noticed by those around them. It's not about being flashy or loud or that sort of out there passionate. Passion is kind of shown by our priorities. It's not shown by being a cheer the loudest at the footy type. (laughs) It's shown by what we put first in life. I think the old heart checklist still applies. Where are you bringing your time, your talent and your treasure? And what do I mean by that? I mean that your passion is shown by what's in your diary. It's shown by how and for whom you use the skills that God has individually blessed you with. And it's shown by where you invest your finances. Hey, it's demonstration time. So what we have here is uh, is our life. Now this could represent a lot of different things. I mean, this could kind of, you could use this demo for your whole life. Uh, this demo doesn't even have to just be about your faith walk. I think this demo is a, is a good sort of thought process for a lot of things. But maybe for the sake of today, let's call this container the amount of time we have. The amount of time we have. And uh then we have different priorities in life that we assign different values to, right? You might look at this and say, Sinjin, that is a tin of British paints, clear, satin, oil, varnish. But no, this is your biggest passion in life. If you're following Jesus, uh, you know, this should probably be... Jesus. Uh, so we've got that priority. And then, uh, I've got a bucket of some other kind of big priorities. Let's assume we've got our biggest one. This one's Jesus. Uh, we've got some pretty big rocks here. And, uh, these are some other things that are very important in life. We've got family, friends, you know, getting by all the things we have to do in life. Um, all those other important things. And then I've got another container here and this kind of has some some smaller rocks in it. And this represents all the little things that we need to fit in around the place. You know, making sure we catch up on stranger things, uh, doing chores around the house, whatever it is. And I'm going to start with the mistake that I think too many people make. And I think that especially people are likely to make this mistake when we claim that our biggest priority in life is Jesus. But the mistake I think we make sometimes is organizing our time backwards. You know, when we go, when we put Netflix and making a sandwich and, you know, all those little things in life and we give them priority first. And then we go, yeah, look, Jesus, I'm telling you, Jesus is a big priority, but, you know, I have to I have to eat so my job's important and you know my family and my friends and school and and uni and we put these other really important things in next we have to make sure we fit those in what we find is that although there is some space left there isn't actually space for this one big thing anymore but so really quick Let's stack this time, in this case, let's stack this time up differently. only lost two rocks. We're gonna start, we're gonna actually put the big one, we're gonna actually put Jesus in first and we're going to follow that with the other things that we say are really important and we're going to try not to break the glass container of the amount of time I have in my life. So we're going to sneak these other really important, really good things in. Like we said, this is friends, this is family, whatever it is. And you can see we can fit all those in pretty easily because we've put those in first. Now we're going to put some of these little things in. They actually fit pretty well. And actually we have plenty of spare space for lots of other little things that we didn't even realize we had time for. This is the value of actually putting our first priority first, whether it's in your time, your talent, or your treasure Our priorities only work when the rubber hits the road and we take the most important thing in our life and we actually put it first. Now, let me be clear. When I say that maybe balance or the pursuit of balance isn't the best thing for us, I wanna let you know a total lack of balance is also not a good thing. It has names like workaholic, absent parent, shut in and damaging coping mechanisms. I'm suggesting a different continuum though. The swinging pendulum I'm envisioning here isn't swinging between balance and an undisciplined life. We're looking at a pendulum that's swinging between balance and passion and asking the question, maybe absolute balance squeezes out the room for passion to grow and have space. Because what if the pursuit of absolute balance actually reaps blandness? What if balance and neatness and holding all things equal on any given day, week, month is one of the roots of the apathy you're experiencing? What if by making balance an idol in our lives, we're inadvertently squeezing Jesus out? leaving less and less room for him to move radically in our lives as we take back more and more control. I think that there's a risk of that happening when we put our passion for Jesus equal to our passion for binge watching the new season of Stranger Things. And what does that look like? That looks like skipping your Bible reading. That looks like skipping your quiet time. And, you know, using that time on other things that are so important. See, I don't see promises of a bland life when I read about Jesus' life and teachings. I see a life of passion and a call for us to be salt to the world, literally the opposite of bland. (laughs) There's some incredible Bible verses that talk about this. Uh, The psalmist writes a song and says whom have I in heaven but you and there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And Paul who's one of Jesus' mates records Jesus saying this whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these he'll do because I'm going to the Father for you. And of course, the key verse for this church, Jesus says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, next week, I wanna keep sharing on this topic and look more at Jesus' life and specifically his passion for the capital C Church. But for this week, I believe we're being challenged to consider where balance has reaped blandness. So where in your life do you need to create a little more room for passion? And where in your life do your priorities need a little tweak to actually put Jesus first? Have a great week.